Well, YouTube removed our service last week due to various reasons uh, that they gave. So uh, I'm re-recording the sermon right now because many people wanted to go back and listen to it, or if they weren't able to listen to it the first time, they wanted to see it again. So here you go. Here's the message. Father's Day was started in 1909, supposedly by Sonora Smart Dodd. She was sitting in service one day during Mother's Day, reflecting on the other thing that was going on, reflecting on mothers, and she wondered why Father's Day was not celebrated. You see, she was raised by her dad, who was a Civil War veteran. Her mom died in childbirth, and her dad raised herself and her five siblings for the rest of her life. She wanted to honor him. So she approached her church leadership, who said that's a great idea. One year later, they celebrated Father's Day. It swept across the United States. 1910 was the first time it was celebrated. In 1924, Calvin Coolidge uh, tipped his hat, said, that's a great thing, we should celebrate it. In 1966, Lyndon Johnson issued a proclamation saying, that's a great thing, we should celebrate it. Finally, in 1972, Richard Nixon signed it into legislation, making this a national holiday. It's important to note that Father's Day was first a religious holiday for the majority of existence, religious holiday. Then it became a national one, more secularized. Today, it's really secularized. But the secularization does not negate the importance of celebrating fathers and urging fathers to live up to the calling that God has on them. On Mother's Day, we discussed endurance. We talked about how God is a God of endurance and therefore mothers should be people of endurance. That's what I normally do on Mother's Day and Father's Day. I pick an attribute of God and I apply that to mothers and fathers and call them to live up to that attribute so that their kids can see God in them. Today, I'm not going to do that. Today, I'm going to talk about journalism. You say, what does journalism have to do with Father's Day? Be patient and listen. I talk with many people who say that they do not trust the news media these days. It seems like no news reporter, no news anchor is, has integrity. Lies are thrown around. Unfortunately, we who listen are not, we, we're complicit in it. We're not without fault because we take websites and other sources and we go on social media and we, we, we repost them without thinking about whether it's true or not. We're joining this age of non-integrity. We're complicit in the lies. Several years ago, the Truth Project was formed. Uh, seeing everything that was going on, the organization said, we need to do something to call news media and news readers to integrity. So they founded this, this project with this mission statement, to amplify journalism's commitment to transparency, accuracy, inclusion, and fairness, so that the public can make informed news choices. They compiled a list of eight trust indicators so that readers can decide whether this news story is trustworthy or not. A result of that is that news sources are being called to have more integrity. It's a fascinating organization. I love the idea. Whenever, whenever someone calls someone else to be people of integrity, I get joy. Paul calls Titus to the same standard of integrity through what he says and through what he does. Titus chapter 2, verses 7 to 8, he says, In everything set them an example 
by doing what is good, and your teaching show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Integrity. It's amazing how often we look for integrity in others, but we don't take the time to see our lack of integrity. Integrity is very important. It's very important in church leaders. It's very important in fathers. It's important in everyone. What is integrity? Integrity is the faithful support of a standard of values. Those values could be the values of a profession, like journalistic integrity. Those values could be values of a community. Whatever the values are, the, the values are always outside of someone. And the person with integrity faithfully lives according to those values that are imposed on them. God doesn't have a standard of values outside of himself that he has to live by. He is holiness. He is goodness. He is love. He is the one that defines those values for us. He is that standard, and he calls us to have integrity, to live faithfully according to him, who he is. Fathers, today we're going to build a small mission statement for fatherhood. The first point, the main point is, I will be a person of integrity, faithfully supporting God's standard of values. I will be a person of integrity, faithfully supporting God's standard of values. There are four words that scripture pairs with integrity, which will help us build this mission statement. The first word is righteousness, righteousness. Psalm chapter 7 verse 8, let the Lord judge the peoples. Vindicate me, Lord, according to my righteousness, according to my integrity, O Most High. Integrity, as we said, is a faithful support of God's standard of values. Righteousness is doing the right thing. In the context of this verse in Psalm, it's doing the right thing in the way that is loyal to the community. David is writing this psalm because a man by the name of Cush who was a Benjamite, set himself up against David as his enemy. David says, God, vindicate me because I've faithfully supported your standard of values and because I've lived in a right way that is loyal to my community. Cush has no footing to stand on to say that I am his enemy. How does this translate for fatherhood? If a father is seeking to support God's standard of values, he will do what is right by his community, specifically his family. He starts off by showing to his family that he is a passionate follower of Jesus Christ. If he does not pursue righteousness through Jesus, he will not be able to be a man of integrity. He must have his source in Jesus. This man acknowledges that he is a sinner and that he desperately needs the salvation that Jesus Christ offers. He acknowledges that he needs Jesus' help every single day. Doing right by his family means that he will lead himself and his family to Jesus intentionally every day because not only does he need Jesus every day, but his family does as well. A man who pursues righteousness, not only will he pursue uh, Jesus every day, but he will do right by his family by showing his loyalty to him. God has revealed to himself as the God who is with us, the God who will never leave us or forsake us. In the same way, the father should show God's loyalty by being loyal to his family. He should show his wife that she is the most important thing to him under God, and he, that he will do right with her, living with her in an understanding way, as Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 3 living self-sacrificingly towards her in love as Paul urges us in Ephesians chapter 5. 
And then he will turn to his children, and he will show that he is loyal to his children. That he, he, that he will show them that they are the most important thing to him underneath God and his wife. He will provide what they need physically and emotionally, knowing that whoever does not provide for his family is worse than a non-believer, as Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 3. He will know that a father is not supposed to exasperate his children, but to train them up in the Lord, as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6. Fathers, does your family say that you do right by them, showing your loyalty to them? Do they know that you are, they are the most important thing to you? Or do they complain that you are loyal to other things above them, whether it's the farm or your work or your friends or your parents or your siblings? The main point is I will be a man of integrity, faithfully supporting God's standard of values. The subpoint is, I will do right by my family. Will you repeat that with me? I will be a man of integrity, faithfully supporting God's standard of values. Therefore, I will do right by my family. The next word that is paired with integrity is uprightness. Uprightness. Psalm chapter 25, verse 21. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope, Lord, is in you. The word speaks of a straight path. The word's also tied to honesty. If you look at the rows of this church the next time you come in, you will see that so many of these roads, rows are crooked. They're not straight. Unfortunately, too many fathers do not live with integrity. They live according to these rows, and they're crooked. They abuse their wives and their children. They are dishonest. They break other laws. They are not men of integrity. Maybe in public, they act like really moral people, but their heart is not right. They might come, they might be deacons, Sunday school teachers, leaders, but at home, they're horrible people. Maybe they've never turned to Jesus in faith. So on the one hand, that with their mouth and, and their actions, they're showing morality in public, but on the other hand, their heart has never been cleansed by Jesus Christ. They are a hypocrite. They are dishonest. Perhaps they have confessed to believe in Jesus. They have turned to him in faith, but they're not living it accordingly. They're not pursuing a daily relationship with Jesus Christ. They're not making coming and fellowshipping with brothers and sisters in Christ a priority. They're going home and not living right with their family. They're not upright. They are crooked. Uprightness speaks a life that is honest, that shows who you actually are. If you picture a timeline, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, before that, we're not people of integrity. We're, we're, we're walking this crooked line like a drunken person. But then we meet Jesus Christ, and our life straightens out, and it should be a straight line from the cross into eternity. We should be upright, honestly showing that we're followers of Jesus Christ. What does this look like for a father? A father of integrity consistently tries to show Christ in his life. Of course, he can only do this if he is a follower of Jesus Christ. If someone is not a follower, they will be living this crooked life. It is impossible to live a straight, upright life, to be people of integrity if we have not placed our faith in Jesus Christ. If we've not placed our faith in Jesus Christ, we're that drunken person who cannot walk a straight line. If we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, we should take care then that our wives and our kids see us as a follower of Jesus Christ. I remember waking up every morning and I saw my dad at this supper table 
Uh, it was the breakfast table at that time. Every morning, he would be reading his Bible and praying. Whenever we worked on the car together and we got to a difficulty and we didn't know what was going on, the, the bolt wasn't coming off, something was wrong, Papa would say, let's stop and pray. I saw that his actions were in line with the confession he had made of being a follower of Jesus Christ. I also saw that the words that he said, not only his actions were in line, but the words that he said were in line with his integrity. He consistently taught me what it meant to be a child of integrity. He explained what the Bible said about different situations. In the evenings, he would lead us in a prayer time, in a worship session to God. His words showed who he was. When he went out in, the, out in the community, it was the same thing. His actions and his words were in line with the fact that he was a follower of Jesus Christ. He was upright. We should be upright. We should consistently show Christ in our lives. So sub-point two is, I will consistently show Christ in my life. Will you repeat the whole thing with me? I will be a man of integrity, faithfully supporting God's standard of values. Therefore, I will do right by my family. Therefore, I will consistently show Christ in my life. The third word that is paired with integrity is without wavering. Without wavering. Psalm 26, verse 1. Psalm 26, verse 1. Vindicate me, Lord, for I have led a blameless life. I have trusted in the Lord and have not faltered. The word for blameless in this verse is actually the same word for integrity. They just translated it a little differently. The verb at the end of this verse, the phrase, the NIV says, have not faltered. Other translations translate different things. I like the phrase without wavering, but both phrases are good. The phrase is a medical term. It speaks of an ankle giving out. When you waver, your ankle gives out. You're running across the field. You step in a gopher hole. You Twist your ankle, you fall down. That's what this word is referring to. Or if you want a crazy illustration, high heels. Rarely do you hear an illustration about high heels in a Father's Day sermon. But think about those high heels. The strength of an ankle to be able to walk around in those mini stilts is amazing to me. But then ever so often, there's a misplaced step. You shift your weight just a tad bit off. The ankle crunches and there's pain. A man of integrity has strong ankles. It's not that he's able to walk around in high heels, but he has strong ankles spiritually. He doesn't waver. He doesn't falter. He knows God's values, and he faithfully lives those values out every single day. He knows that he must do what is right by his family, so he does it no matter what. He knows that he must consistently show Christ in his life. Therefore, he does it without wavering. In short, he stands firm on truth without wavering. What does this practically look like? Guys, some of you need to start praying with your wife every single day. You need to start having daily devotions with your wife. God has called us to oneness as couples. And one area of oneness is spiritual oneness. If we are not pursuing spiritual oneness with our wife, we are not doing what God has called us to do as fathers taking those first steps to lead our wife spiritually can be very scary. We don't know what her reaction might be. She might have a bad reaction towards us. In those moments, we must strengthen our ankles. We must be a man standing firm on truth. Not only should we lead our wives spiritually, but we should lead our families spiritually. If ever anyone needs strong ankles, is when you're trying to get your kids, whether they're young or whether they're old, to come together and study the Bible together or have some sort of daily devotions. There'll be squeaks, there'll be squawks, there'll be complaints. But if we're a man of integrity, we will do it. 
We will stand on firm on truth and say, this is what my family needs. Standing firm on truth speaks to the way we discipline. It speaks to how we react to our kids who are screaming in the car. It speaks to how we talk with our wife, the tone we use. How we deal with our teen who is blatantly living against God. It applies to how we prioritize Christian fellowship and the way we lead our family to serve our brothers and sisters in Christ. Standing firm on truth also applies to our humility as we look in the mirror and see ourselves for who we are. We must strengthen our ankles and confess our sin to God and to our brothers and sisters in Christ, seeking the help that we need to be upright, righteous, and men of integrity. So the next phrase that we add onto our statement is, I will stand firm on truth. I will stand firm on truth. What's our mission statement so far? I will be a man of integrity, faithfully supporting God's standard of values. I will do right by my family. I will consistently show Christ in my life. I will stand firm on truth. The last word that is used with integrity is blameless. Blameless. Psalm 101 verse 2, I will be careful to lead a blameless life. When will you come to me? I will conduct the affairs of my house with a blameless heart. Literally, this passage says, I will be careful to walk in the way of integrity. When will you come to me? I will conduct the affairs of my house with integrity in my heart. The NIV and the other, some other translations take this phrase, wave integrity, and translate it with blamelessness. Blameless means that someone is innocent of wrongdoing. Specifically, no one can bring a charge against this blameless person. An elder and a deacon in church is called to be blameless. Now, we know no one is actually sinless. We did a poll on Sunday. I asked if anyone was sinless. No one raised their hand. We all do bad things. The important thing about blameless is that there's no aha moment. There's nothing hidden. Whenever a blameless person does something wrong, they immediately make it known. They seek forgiveness and reconciliation, and they take steps to make sure it never happens again. So how does this tie with integrity? The main point is, I will be a man of integrity, faithfully supporting God's standard of values. Integrity is an idea. It's a resolve that produces action. The way of integrity is that action. When someone faithfully supports God's standard of values, they will be blameless. Integrity naturally leads to blamelessness, which is why the NIV and other translations put blameless here instead of way of integrity. A man of integrity will humbly seek openness in his life. It's just what he will do. He will not leave any sin hidden, but he will quickly confess it, seeking forgiveness, seeking restoration. And through his openness, he will create barriers so that he will not go back to his sin. I think of 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. So many people quote it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. The confession that John is referring to is not just a confession to God, which is great. We should confess our sins to God. And there are many scriptures that point to confession to God and to gain healing from him through the confession to him. But the confession that John is referring to is a confession to each other. The grammar is not confession to God. The grammar points to confession to each other. When we are willing to be transparent, when we turn to a brother and sister in Christ, confess our sin to him, John tells us that God is faithful and just. When we do that, confess to others. He'll forgive us our sins. When we do that, and through the church, through a confession to the church, he'll purify us from all unrighteousness. 
When we are not willing to be open about our sins and our struggles, we will not find victory in spiritual growth. It is impossible to do it. A man of integrity will humbly seek openness in his life. Fathers, we of all people in our family should be the ones that blatantly show this aspect of integrity. I am amazed how many wives come to me and they've never heard their husband apologize to them. They've never heard their husband say, I have sinned. My reaction against you was wrong. I've deeply hurt you. Please forgive me. Fathers, we should be the ones to do that. I'm shocked how many kids have never heard their fathers apologize to them. Fathers never say, I've treated you wrongly. I gave you the wrong advice. Please forgive me. Of anyone in the father, Everyone in the family, the father, should be the first to apologize, to openly confess his sin and how his sin has hurt those in his family. So the last section is, I will humbly seek openness in my life. When I had people repeat this in church, there was this awe, this hush that happened because they realized the seriousness of this. This is not something we want to do. We don't like openness. But if we want healing, if we want integrity... We must do this. I will be a man who humbly seeks openness in my life. What's the main point? I will be a man of integrity, faithfully supporting God's standard of values. Therefore, I will do right by my family. I will consistently show Christ in my life. I will stand firm on truth. I will seek humbly, I will humbly seek openness in my life. We are living in a changing society. People are throwing the standards out of the window right and left. People are not following morality. They're leading people away from morality. They're leading people away from God. If we confess to be followers of Jesus Christ, we should be the first in this world that is crumbling around us. We should be the first to stand up and declare that we will be people of integrity. We will faithfully support God's standard of values, living in righteousness, uprightness, without wavering, and blameless. My prayer is that you and I do this starting today.